Welcome to Amelia Baptist Podcast, where we discuss church life, theological questions, and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy today's episode. All right. Well, it's good to have you guys back on the podcast. It's been a little while. Recently, um, see, I got my second round of COVID, but we are very thankful that it was a low dose or whatever it was of COVID, but it wasn't that bad. And I'm back and we're here and we get to have some more awesome conversations with Amelia Baptist Roundtables. Uh, I was going to start off the week um, being a little better about my diet because after five day quarantine, I noticed that my shirts weren't fitting as well. And for some reason, based on like the three birthday parties this week, as well as like lunch today, it's been pizza and pasta. Everyone's choice has been pizza and pasta. So I'm going to try again next week. Um, But before I talk to you about my diet plans, I want to introduce a very, very uh, close friend of mine, Dan Binet from Young Life. Dan Binet is the area director of Nassau County. Uh, for Young Life. And uh, if you haven't heard of Young Life, you're going to know a lot more about it by the end of this podcast. Dan, thank you so much for being on with us, brother. Hey, I'm, I'm glad I, I didn't know that we were supposed to bring snacks. I would have brought you something. Is this why? Is that five days why I haven't seen you at the gym in a little bit? Is, is that, that the. Did is you that, ever that really see me at the gym? <clears throat> Dude, it's your podcast. Make yourself look good. I'm just saying. I, man, I, we on. will not lie here. <laughs> awesome. There's nothing to lie about. <laughs> they have eyes. Uh, there are praying people, uh, but I'm really been excited to, to have you on, man. Me and, too. I'm, this is, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Just, uh, when I first started at Amelia Baptist about eight years ago, you know, you and I really close to that started kind of hanging out and getting to know each other, realized we, we had a lot in common as far as our passions mm-hmm. and, and our love for Christ and our, our real love and, uh, hope that the young generation grab hold of the word of God and, and the mission of Christ. And so I see that in you. I'm thankful for you. Uh, the role model you are as a husband and father, man, it really, it really inspires. And so I'm glad that you're able to join us. This is a local church podcast for those of you who are maybe tuning in or listening for the first time, but it does seem to uh, get around a little bit. And so I think it's going to be some good education on what exactly young life is. And then we are going to play a game called Six Disc Changer. And so the first uh, games were, times we're playing this game on the podcast that was sort of a love child uh, of Dan and I's interests. Uh, um, so we're real excited about that. But before we dive into that, uh, Young Life Ministry Man, what does it mean for you? What, is, what does passion for Young Life look like in your life, bro? Um, it's funny because I, I had this conversation earlier today with someone who uh, tried to get me had a conversation about delineating between um, my personal life and my ministry life. And I said, let me tell you a story of something that actually happened. So last Friday, I decided that we're going out for dinner because I wasn't cooking anything and my wife agreed. So we went to Sichero's, um, you know, local taco joint and we don't even get in the door. And my wife says, do you know those guys? And there was about four high school dudes uh, who I know through subbing and and young life and stuff that were just jumping out of the booth, waving at me. And we go, which obviously uh, like embarrasses the snot out of my 14 year old son. Um, dad, really, what are we doing here? It's like, this is what I do. So we just go in and they start talking. We just start having conversations, just fun stuff. They're basketball players and football players. And we order our food and sit down. And before I know it, the, all of the practices apparently let out and there's probably 25 kids that show up and I'm walking around having conversations. I know most of them and stuff. So, um, again, my son is thoroughly embarrassed, um, because you know, everyone's dad's a dork and I'm okay with that. But for me, it's just a, 
and I, and I say that not because I'm super cool because when you're 38 and all the teenagers know you and think you're cool, you're not cool. You're not like, really I'm not, cool. I'm not cool at yeah, all. Right. I'm that. a, I'm a nerd and I'm okay with that, but it's the idea of my family, my wife and kids, we moved to this location in Fernandina mm-hmm. to go out and make sure that kids hear about Jesus and not just hear about Jesus, but hopefully get a chance to see Jesus because you know, this ministry, but specifically youth ministry, it's the long game. It is. And young life has been around since 1941, mm-hmm. right? It started in Texas. It was an outreach program. Uh, but you wouldn't call it a parachurch ministry entirely. Would you? I mean, is it technically it, that? Technically. Cause it's not a church and I always have to have some kind of right. name for it. If it's not a church, it's an organization. Right. But it works alongside churches and hopes to the, for the same goals that the churches have. Right. The the official um, the official thing that we say is that we're the arm of the church that reaches the unchurched. Okay. Uh, so that's that's the goal. Like we wouldn't be here without we, most of the churches um, on the island now and in starting in Yuli here. They support us financially. They support us with volunteers. Yeah. Um, and our desire is never ever ever to steal steal a student from it already attached to a youth ministry. Our goal is to get kids that have no desire, that hear the name of Jesus and scoff, the kids that will not go to youth group, that hopefully we can build relationships with them so that way we can introduce them to Christ and in turn disciple them. And part of that is definitely getting them involved in the local church Mm. uh, because that's, you know, the body of Christ is where we grow. So we work alongside churches, never, never, ever, ever in competition. Um, I've been doing Young Life 15 years between here and New Hampshire, we've had multiple pastors, kids that have come not because of anything other than the fact that they want something a little bit different. So we will get some of those Christian students, but the hope is one, the hope is to give them an opportunity where they can just express themselves Mm -hmm. and their faith and their doubts and, and all of that. Because I think a lot of times as, as Christians, we fear that having those conversations, but also too, you want to see a kid that survives moving away from mommy and daddy's um, church experience. You want to see that kid thrive in their faith in college, have them spend a good portion of their high school career and middle school career. Yes. Learning the foundation of scripture, but watching their not saved friends come to know Jesus. Cause that was for me, I went to an extraordinarily non-Christian college um, in New Hampshire, loved it. But when my professors were outright mocking me for my faith, the things that stuck with me weren't just in scripture, but it was, well, yeah, you didn't see how God delivered that guy from alcoholism. You didn't see how God changed that person completely. So great. I'm glad you have these different points of view, but you know, you can't answer that. And your base setup in the, in the area, like you said, I think you put it really well going after specifically unchurched. I think the mission Program and we'll get into a little bit what it means when it when we look at the evangelical church and maybe some pros and cons of of how they've done these things because we do the church's definition is supposed to be the light in the darkness city on the hill that reaches the unreached but I think that you and I probably have plenty to say of how we've not done that very well (laughs) in a lot of ways and maybe some areas where we do see a lot of progress and growth and some of those partnering with with organizations like Young Life. What is your typical Young Life setup look like? Like what, when I say, yes, we'd love to partner with you, what does it look like for throughout your week with these Young Life kids? Uh, well, I would ask how much time you got. Um, because the thing that's different from Young Life from a, from a normal church youth group, 
um, and this isn't a dig, it's just different calls. We spend a lot of our times where the students are. Mm-hmm. Um, during COVID, I substitute taught four days a week because I was in, it got me, you know, in the school. So that way I could be a support, bring, you know, hopefully bring something. We're catching to you them. at like a new time. Really? Because yes. ever since I've known you, you've, you've had like, you're a providing dad and husband. You've had like three jobs. You know, <laughs> your face was on park benches and everything. So uh, real estate. I, I don't know about I, Flipping tacos no. at night. <laughs> flipping tacos. If, if there's one thing my, uh, my New England parents gave me besides a love for Jesus, it was not a fear to work. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I love that. I mean, I, there was d- at one point during the middle of the pandemic, I had five jobs. Um, and that, and that's fine. Like I'm yeah, again, not being braggadocious, but it just has to, you know, you do, you do what you, you gotta get do. done. Exactly. But, um, but the biggest difference, like I said before, like, so in young life, the hope is that, you know, we have our weekly event. We call it young life club. Okay. We do that Monday nights. Uh, we meet in the middle of a field out in the middle of the Island and we have kids from all over that area show up. We have kids that will drive in. We have kids that walk there and we'll have normally we, you know, young life is mostly middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. But for some of our kid, older kids to show up, they have to bring their siblings. So we can have anywhere from 20 to 30 kids ages 2 to 19. We do our best to, you know, corral that. And, um, but mostly middle school and high school. And we go out there and we play. We have a good time. We feed them. And then we share Christ with them every week. And these are unchurched kids. For the most part. I mean... You're always going to be attached to a church, you and your oh, family. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that, you're always going to have people who want to be involved in the mission. I love that because I don't. I want to. You want to get through this mission without stigmatizing these kids, or of course, like pigeonholing these kids. You're 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 as loved by God and made in the image of God as any other kid, and that's this gospel message you get to reiterate every week. But those relationships, it seems like there would be a lot of management involved. <laughs> like I, from my end, dude, of young adult or student ministry. Parents are always just concerned about who's hanging out with their kid. And, and that is, and that's why there, over the years, there's been times where I, I, I don't want to say uh, warn is the wrong word, but I will, I'll have a, if a parent comes to me or even a volunteer mm-hmm. and we start talking, I have no problem saying, Hey, I love your heart. Youth group might be a better fit for you. Oh, you actually had those. Conversations. Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> And again, it's not that they're, I mean, and I'll tell them, you're more than welcome to come to this. But you may not know exactly what it is. It, is that kind of like what you say, but maybe a little bit more eloquent? I don't know about eloquent. Um, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, young life's where all the bad kids hang out. Cause that's, that's not the truth. Of, you don't, that's not the truth of the conversation. No, no, no. no. It's just people, mainly you said it earlier, their parents aren't going to church, right? A lot of times. A lot of times. And so these are kids who maybe just really don't know where to go or even find a place they belong in young life as an extension of the body of believers invests. Right. So, so we invest. And again, it, it, goes to, it goes to the idea of going and making disciples. Exactly. And this is something that's really rocked me the past few years is it doesn't say go and make converts. So again, playing the long game, we'll, we'll go out there, we'll be... You know, I helped a lot with the football team this past year because my my son was on it. Uh, we've been meeting out here at the Peck Center on Monday nights for over a year, almost two. And for a lot of these kids, the most Christ-like thing we can do is show up and be consistent. Because for whatever reason, so not all. I mean, I have some phenomenal parents out there, both Christian and non, yeah. that love their kids and are invested in their kids. But the reality is, is that a lot of the parents either a, some of them just aren't around, mm-hmm. 
or B, they're working so hard to provide, you know, the physical needs for their kids that they can't do some of the other stuff. We are not here to take the place of parents. Exactly. We want to encourage our kids to go to their parents, love their parents, listen to their parents, you know, but at the same time, there's, there is some, you know, we have kids that have food scarcity issues. We have kids that have been in homeless situations and, and then we have those kids are hanging out with the kid who's, parents bought him a Mustang when he turned 16. And it's not what that does is it really shows because they all hang out together. And the rule that I've always had in young life is either everybody's cool or everybody's a dork. That is it. And everybody's cool. So that being said with the leaders being Christ-like and bringing that mentality, these kids mingle and nobody not that they don't talk about it, but it doesn't seem to be a huge hindrance. Now it can be at first. Yeah. We have a pretty diverse group across socioeconomic lines, across um, ethnic and racial lines. So those things don't fix themselves in minutes. They fix themselves with consistency and prayer. And that's what we've noticed. So these kids will just mingle. They'll have fun. And when you have, you know, when you're all out there playing soccer, when you're out there playing football, everybody has their moments of glory. Everyone has their moments of you know, absolute shame. My moments of glory have gotten less as I've gotten older. My moments of shame are out there because I'm seeking those moments of anyway. It's just a, it's like when you try to go for something, your body can't do. Anymore. Oh my gosh. I'm, <laughs> well, uh, one thing I'm I the old to, guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay good, with it. It's a good time to be there. You see the baton passing. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, how has it changed? I mean, this is an 80 year old organization. And you, you said even you know, in our prior conversations that it's changing some now. What are some ways in which maybe they're not changing the way you want them to change or fast enough that you really see the future of Young Life taking off and doing? Any, any big, huge changes that would shock a lot of people who maybe think they know what Young Life is? Well, Young Life at its heart for the past 80-something years has been missional. It's always been go reach the kids that aren't accepting that I don't want to say aren't accepting, but like that aren't interested, that aren't coming to church, aren't don't have any desire to be part of the body of Christ. Sure. So that's always been the goal and always been the mission. And like anything else over that amount of time, it goes in phases and in and out. And for a while, Young Life really enjoyed saying, you know, basically we're here until we're no longer needed. And it was never said in a in an arrogant way, but it was we're filling a gap that when we're no longer needed, we'll, we'll fade away. Well, as Young Life, as it started to see that there's always be a seat at the table for parachurch ministries and, and Young Life specifically, they don't say that as much anymore. Like our goal is still to get kids connected with the local body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But as it became more noticeable that Young Life wasn't going anywhere, it really became, um, all right, how do we grow? How do we get... How do we go? How do we get more groups? How do we get more clubs? How do we get more staff people? And, and again, the heart was always in the right place. And that's when I came on, on board. Right. And again, there was some good and there was some bad that came from that. And about eight years ago, uh, the Young Life um, leadership changed. The, we got a, the old president retired and we got a new president in. And the focus has shifted a bit. Not that those other things have gone away. And I need to be very clear because we had this conversation. As humans, we like, oh, well, if it's, if it's something's new, that means the old has gone away. No, not always. Like in Christ, yes, but 
Young Life is still, yes, we want to reach more kids. We want to get more chapters. We want to do those things. But we want the people involved to be healthy. And we want the relationships that we have to also be healthy. Yeah. Because it doesn't take much of a Google search to find out that that hasn't always been the case. Right. A lot of stuff has come to light recently, um, all online, that Young Life is open to talking about. That, yeah, we've made some pretty, we've made some mistakes. We've let some stuff slide. So right now they're focusing on the health of the staff, mm-hmm. uh, spiritually, mentally, and physically. And then as far as in our groups, while we still want kids to come to our Monday night event, which if you, most Young Life meets Monday nights, so we don't fight with other youth groups and stuff. While those numbers do matter, the thing that we're getting back to is the original it's called contact work, which is being in the world of students, knowing the kids by name, getting to meet those students where they're at, bringing value to the community. So by the time we're sharing Christ with them, they know us and we know them. Mm. So not that that's, that has never gone away either. Just like getting kids to come to club on a Monday night or summer camp, that's not going away, but it's reshifting again to well, what about the kids that don't even want to come to Young Life Club? What are we going to do about them? So we're really focusing still on going, going, reaching, and discipling in that sense. Seems like it's taking more of a relational turn, not dismissing all events, no. like come one, come all, because that's still very much who you are. But when it gets to that point, prioritizing relationship and discipleship, and I think that's a good lesson for churches everywhere. It is, and it's and it's the the thing that we all, myself. I, I, okay, I'm not going to say we all. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm a fan of uh, comfort. Mm-hmm. I like food that's bad for me. I like my TV shows. I like my couch. <laughs> I am a fan of comfort, and I think I'm probably not the only one. And Jesus was not. The disciples were not mm-hmm. fans of comfort, like. We cannot hold on to our comfort and hold on to Christ at the same time. We just can't. Now, that being said, we can get comfortable in our churches. We can get comfortable in our missions. We can get comfortable in all of this, where then all of a sudden it becomes more about us than it does about Christ. Or even it becomes more about the people we're ministering to than it does about Christ. Exactly. And what I'm seeing in Young Life is not in a, <clears throat> not in a we're going to drop a grenade in the middle of this and change everything real fast. But the slow progression is making more about Jesus and then making more about the people. That sounds awesome. I'm excited to see that. And one thing I've taken from what you've said too is that movement from just saying, hey, church, thanks for letting us be a part of your special mission budget or your Kingdom Works committee or, or, you know, thanks for that big donation so a kid could go to camp. I think all of There's tons of stories I'm sure you could have Mm -hmm. if you have more time to share, but... I think all of that's still important. Money matters to fund an organization. Absolutely. Let's just be serious. But at the same time, you really move in that call to people. Like churches become these avenues of communication to say, look, if this is something on your heart, if you're looking for an outlet to just talk and hang out and, and be a part of the life of kids who don't have that godly influence, who, who just never felt like they belonged at a church, 
you can be a part of that. You can come visit us. You can come to Absolutely. our Monday night and join it. And I, I like that open door, man. I really do because I, I think that's significant and reflective in the community that we, we both serve in. I think right. this is a community of churches really here in Nassau County. Big it's time. quite the odd bird. And, and I'm proud to be in that and, and with you, man. So uh, quick shameless plugs on, on Young Life. Give them all the information they need to know, and Clay will get that on the screen while you're talking. Awesome. Uh, so the best way, if you're you know a college age or a teenager, we're on Instagram, Nassau County YL. Um, if you're old like me, we're on Facebook, um, Nassau County Young Life. I've heard of this Facebook? Facebook. Yeah. My yeah, grandma the has one. Instaface. Yeah. No, I. But uh, that's <laughs> meta, probably it's meta. 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 I don't yeah. even. What's the whole other conversation? But uh, <laughs> no, those are the best places to find us. Um, Nassau County YL at gmail.com If you want to shoot me an email. Um, but yeah, we're always looking, like you said, we're, we're always looking to, for people that are missionally minded Mm -hmm. and maybe you don't even know that you are yet, but God's kind of poking at you, but you don't feel the call to pack up everything and move to a foreign country. Well, guess what? You don't have to, you can just come down the road. And that's, that's what we're looking for is people to get involved, you know, with their lives, um, with their resources, whatever it is. And the hope is that they're blessed by it. Yeah. I mean, that they get closer to Christ by their time with us than before. I'm so. excited about that, Dan. I'm excited Thank about you. your new position. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited. Uh, full-time ministry. Do I have to call you area director Dan Bennett now? <laughs> is that like, wait, is <laughs> Only, our friendship change? Absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. No. I, I am actually looking forward to this next segment oh, of the roundtable. Uh, it's six, the only part I took notes on. Changer. That's what's funny. Dan has <laughs> no notes for everything he just said. <laughs> it was all just out of his brain. And then this segment we wanted to have some fun with. Because, I mean, Dan and I really bonded over ministry, sure. But when we started spouting off all the same late 90s, early 2000 Christian music influences. And you know what I mean by Christian music? Oh, yeah. Because there are going to be some people expecting us to start listing off like Stephen Curtis and Avalon. And we're like, no, you don't know the underbelly of what we were listening to that they had. (laughs) And and there's going to be just an entire (laughs) section of people who are listening go, I know every one of those bands. And they're going to pull out all their DVDs and CDs and their concerts. And And, and these lists are not exhaustive. And you're probably going to (laughs) disagree because I did a little something on Facebook yesterday prepping that Pastor Adam completely ignored, but we'll talk about that at the end. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but, uh, but, but, yeah. but our goal was, hey, if you had to travel back in time, 1998, 2002, maybe even a little before, a little after, what was your scene based on your six-disc changer? And it's something I would have loved to have played with Lynn Hyatt when he was here, because that would have been a totally different conversation. <laughs> uh, or some or Brian Winburn. But we got, we got <laughs> I Dan, know him. That, that's or great. Eric Snow, and Eric Snow comes oh, on. We'll totally hit he it. He should up. be here. Uh, he has a good one. But uh, when, when Dan's on, we, I wanted to start it with Dan. It just meant more. But I'll let you start it off. So this is what this is how you'll get to know Dan on a personal level. Area uh, director, Nassau County, uh, so, Dan Binet. So, so this is going into the oak cabinet with the glass door with the six disc changer. Mom and Dad just left, and if you don't know what I'm talking that had about, the speakers. Hooked to the back of yeah. the yeah, the, hooked oh, to yeah. the back that you had to like clip in because mm-hmm. it was all copper. Oh yeah, it was great. It was so so. This this is what I would do. Parents are gone, and I'm I get to play music as loud as I want. So here are my top six. So Five Iron Frenzy, yeah. Upbeats and Beatdowns, right. MXPX, Let It Happen, OC Supertones, Supertones Strike Back. Now the one I would leave in is my parents were huge Rich Mullins fans, and as am I. Rich Mullins, Liturgy, Legacy, Ragamuffin, Ragamuffin Bands. Ragamuffin, Such a good. I mean, just... 
Classic. Anyway, we could have a podcast and a half just on that. The Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. No, wrong, wrong album, but that's that's good. That's great. That's can I? Can I just want to that? say that lyric. Can we, that hurts though. No, I just um, want to say that. And one. then just to, just to keep moving on, so I don't yell. Uh, Pod fundamental elements of Southtown, which is a reach, and that's later. That's like 2003, right? No, fundamental elements Southtown's like late 90s, man. Because that's when we're see, old, bro. We don't even. Yes. But, I remember when that album dropped. See, you remember because that was the album that they were no longer Christian anymore because non-Christians actually enjoyed it. It wasn't <laughs> five that was years criteria. behind. Yeah, that's that's how you make sure you're not a Christian musician is because MTV notices you have talent. They're going to get to know the real Dan now. All that nope, Young Life nope, stuff I'm is done. gone. Okay, I'm sorry. If you're thinking of volunteering in Young Life, there's other people besides me. Just They're better than me. I like no, them more. No, don't anyway, do it. And then the last one is very random. Yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Bill Maloney from jo- Athens, Georgia, was in a band called Vigilantes of Love. Southern rock band. The guy is one of the best lyricists I've ever heard. Um, Paste Magazine called him back about probably 15 years ago, put him in the top 50 living um, lyricists. And it was one of the few albums I remember. I sat there in my room and listened to it from front to back in 1996 like, or 97, and I was just blown away. Yeah. So deep, so raw. Vigilantes of Vigilantes love. Vigilantes of love. That name, even of oh, itself, just like, just how would you like to rock out to that? And you it, know what I mean? But it wasn't anything else like I was listening to. Like yeah. my dad and I would go see them live because you surprised me with those last two. Like I mean, I get you keeping Rich Mullins in because yeah. you got taste. But like that last one's surprising because I figured about ten other bands. I would have <laughs> slick shoes or somebody would have made some cut. Well, it was I, I don't know. I always I was always eclectic like that. And then um, the draw for me for bands like POD, um, Five Iron to a point, the Dingies was they were the ones that introduced me to the idea of, hey, we're Christians, but there's this real world out there that we are involved in, and it is not Christian. I remember and we're going to talk about. I it. Remember, I remember going into family Christian stores. Uh, Family Christian Bookstore is what it was called, and uh, Lifeway back when they sold mm-hmm. CDs. And the, man, the controversy! Oh yeah, you know, over what was considered Christian. And mm-hmm. I, I remember having that conversation and topic a long time, and really just making it about content. That's what right. we really want. But uh, so anyway. my my six disc changer, and right, I have I'm, some I'm comments on yours, yeah. <clears throat> but I, I went there's a, so in that area that we're talking about was like a 13 to 16 year old switch. Right. So I was a different kind of Christian music listener. 13 than I was post 15. Uh, and it all started when I started playing instruments like for myself and really getting into more kind of like, like you said, eclectic artists. But I remember really being that typical CCM fanboy kid. Like a lot, I, I can't disregard that portion of my <laughs> life. When DC, like DC talk, the people a little older than me were into Jesus freak. Jesus freak missed me oh, in a teenage year, like by a couple a years album. it did, but, but supernatural when mm. supernatural came out, they had a couple heavier tracks, but then, you know, DC Talk, they were all over the place on oh, the yeah. genres. That song, that album really, like My Friend So Long, they had that great acoustic lead in, and, and they always had a few Nirvana things about them that I always enjoyed. Uh, they, I mean, they would just blow my mind. So DC Talk, Supernatural is definitely in that changer. It's a uh, Newsboy, Step Up to the Microphone. I must have seen that concert. Mm. eight times with my dad in a matter of two years. And so I'll never forget that. That was when Duncan Phillips, the drummer, even still to this day, where Michael Tate, a DC Talk former uh, band member, it leads the new newsboys in all of their new stuff that I don't listen to yes. at all anymore. Not out no. of protest. I just never no. do. Uh, but this new this step up to the microphone, it swirled a drum set around during mm-hmm. the live performances. They still do that. And then Some Kind of Zombie by Audio Adrenaline. Ooh, that's... That was an album, that, bro. Every, everybody dug that album. You had to. It was That great. was huge. And OC Supertones nice. guest starred on that album. They with did. Blitz. 
Yes. Remember that track? Yes. Track Blitz was a great them? one. Yeah, track that six was... or something. Yeah, it was Ska. It was like the only mm-hmm. Ska thing Audio Adrenaline did. And so that was the first three. Now, here's the shift. Switchfoot's New Way to Be Human is, to this day, still one of my favorite albums from beginning to end. There's nothing to hate on it. It's... it every track is good. From, every, from every Company track. Car to... Um, only Hope, the one that Manny Moore covered from that Ugh. that movie. Everyone knows Only Hope only from her, dude. That is a oh. John Foreman original with oh. an acoustic, bro. That's on that song or that track. So he needs all the credit in the world yes. for that. Reliant K, um, Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek. These are albums that these guys don't even play anymore. People don't even know of them anymore. So, and so that those two were, you know, before it got really mainstream popular. Yeah. I was into that. And Reliant K was taken off like Blink-182 and Sum 41 and all that. And you could listen to them because they didn't curse with Exactly. So your mom and dad that were cool. That was all right. Yep. But here's one I'm throwing at you at the end. Okay. Uh, the Juliana Theory. Yes. Um, if you haven't listened to The Juliana Theory, I highly recommend. Oh, The album absolutely. Emotion is Dead that came out in 2000. That was one year before Bleed American, Jimmy Eat World came out. And I remember... Every day in my Ford Taurus that was three different colors by the time I graduated high school uh. from three different accidents, went Juliana Theory, Emotion is Dead, back to Jimmy World Bleed American, back to Juliana Theory. Every that explains single day. so much. <laughs> Dude, it was what That's I lived great. on like veggies and oh. fruit. So those are six disc changers. Yes. If you have any questions, we would love to talk to you about that. Uh, but, <laughs> but Dan, uh, dude, I'm you and I could go for another three hours talking about uh, that kind of stuff. But not oh, only our love of ministry and, and for the next generation, but but our love for that kind of music. And, and just you're a good friend. I appreciate you being on. Thank you. Uh, bro, I hope this has been a blessing to you. I and, hope so, uh, too. You've been a blessing to us. And just keep on uh, doing what you do. And we will make sure that Young Life... Uh, gets its fair share of promotion after this. I appreciate it. Um, this is a blast, and uh, I look forward to, to listen to more. So thanks, right, man. Take care. You too. All right, Clay, your responsibility is to take us out, even though you abandoned us by going to Orlando.